How's it going, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice. Welcome in. This is Chad Minton with Rich Howe and Kyle Perkins. As we're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs continue to unfold. Guys, how are you doing? Good. Watching the uh, <clears throat> the old Bruins win to overtime tonight, so that's getting ready to start. How did I know that? How did I know that you would wa- you would even waste five <laughs> seconds without bringing up your Boston Bruins? Hey man, it's good. Oh my good gosh, stuff. I know what I'm buying you. Things. Rich, when is your birthday, dude? Because I am buying you like so much Bruins swag for you to wear on this podcast. I'd rather have Pred swag. Actually, fits all the all same. Right. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Kyle, how are you doing, man? Kyle doesn't have a backup team. Do you have a backup team? And we don't know about it. Not really. Really? Uh, hmm. I mean, I'm kind of pulling for the Kraken. Just no, because. Oh. Just, just I was gonna, Don't say that that word. Don't Dude, I was going to release. I was, I'm, I was I'm not gonna, saying the word. I'm not saying say the word, word. But there's reasons. There are reasons, yeah. I was going to mention this later in the episode, and you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it now because, Kyle, I guess great minds think alike. We can leave Rich off to the side with his Bruins-loving self. But um, you know what? Myself and Kyle, release the Kraken. That would be amazing. Let's do it. Release the Kraken. I'm not going to call it my backup team like Rich's team with the Bruins like he is he has loved the Bruins for a while he's been very vocal about about that on this podcast I don't really have a backup NHL team either like I do in other sports but hmm. when it comes to these playoffs release the Kraken baby that's yeah. what I'm all for right now yeah I mean hey they've, they've played really well they don't have uh, Colorado no Kale McCarr tonight so that was a messed up hit. We can talk about that a little bit. I didn't these playoffs these playoffs guys have really opened up Pandora's box in a way. With, oh, yeah. with I, I know it's quote unquote hard hitting playoff hockey. It's playoff hockey. You gotta let it go. I get all that, but it's been man, rough. It's it been has rough. been some really questionable on the fence type of hits in these playoffs most notably in the stars wild series that is a soap opera right there yeah um yeah the referees whoever's in charge of the referees they need to look at that because there's been some really really bad calls for sure um yeah that nick felino one was ridiculous the one which one the one last night where he they said he tripped uh um i can't remember who he tripped but they just collided and they called trip called him for tripping is ridiculous. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, it just devolves from there because it's vigilante justice and oh, oh vigilante justice, yeah. Absolutely. Here's my thing. We're we're gonna dive more into this. It's gonna be our opening face off. So I don't want to get too much into it. First of all, everyone, welcome in. Thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, we appreciate you so much. Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the comments here if you're watching live right now. And if you're downloading the next day, we appreciate you just as much. All right, so it's episode 182 of Catfish and Ice presented by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. 
And with our promo code THPN, you can get it on some DraftKings offers. We're going to tell you about a DraftKings Stanley Cup playoffs offer that we have for you right now with our promo code THPN. So stay tuned for that. We'll tell you more about that offer for some new users for DraftKings Sportsbook. We This is a playoff-themed episode. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Predators are not in the playoffs. If you've been living in a cave, maybe you did an Aaron, <laughs> You guys know who Aaron Rodgers is, right? Aaron Rodgers. He did I'm his familiar. darkness. Aaron Rodgers did his darkness retreat, right? Which I have total respect for that. That's so guess cool. what? Uh, guess what? There might be some Predators fans out there who are just coming out of their darkness retreats right oh, now. Oh, yeah. And maybe the first five minutes coming out of their darkness retreats, they're, they, they're uploading Catfish and Ice podcast right now, right now live on YouTube. And they just found out, Kyle and Rich, that the <laughs> Predators did not make the playoffs. Well, guess what? Darkness retreaters, they missed They the didn't playoffs. make it. I'm so sorry to tell you that. They were close. They came close. Close. All yeah. right. So – we are going to give you all of our thoughts on the Stanley Cup playoffs right now going on. We're going to run it back. Let's see if the Predators, we're going to really have a good roundtable discussion on do we think the Predators can run it back in 2023-24 and make it back in the playoffs? Do we think that this is going to be a short one-year thing, they missed the playoffs, or do we think it's going to be a longer situation predators fans including myself i include myself in this we have become spoiled we always think that the playoffs are a given and guess what there are a lot of franchises and a lot of fan bases in this league that will tell you the playoffs are not a given nope so what are we in store for we're going to talk about that let's see if we think the predators can return to the stanley cup playoffs in 2024 we're going to go back in history, look at some of the most memorable moments in Nashville Predators playoff history, give you some facts. I'm a history nerd. I love history. Love looking back at stuff like that. So I've been doing some digging today, picked out some of the most memorable moments that I have in Nashville Predators history. Uh, we'll share some of those images on the screen from those memorable moments. And then also we're going to look ahead to the offseason. And think, are there some free agents out there that the Preds can shop for? Or do we think that they're just not going to buy at all and they're just going to stand pat with what they have going into the next season? A lot of people seem to think that that's what they're going to do. If they wait till next year, they can get Austin Matthews. He's going to Arizona. Oh. <laughs> all right. There you have it. Can you imagine that? All right, guys. <laughs> oh, just the utter chaos. I mean, it, yeah, it would be insane. Anyway, I got us it off track. It would be insane. Mm-hmm. Let's see if they can wait one more year, right? One there's a lot year, to really maybe. unpack. But, guys, there's a lot to unpack this offseason. But before we do that, before oh, we yeah. get to all that, let's really talk about what's going on right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's. I think it's been a really exciting first round. Each series oh, yeah. has there hasn't been a sweep, which is nope. talks about the parity of this league. That's always good to see. Haven't seen any sweeps yet. Um, it's probably good the Predators weren't in the playoffs this year because they got swept last year. So that's good to know. Yeah, that might have <laughs> happened if they made it in. No, I don't think they would have gotten swept. Let's not. Mm. 
I don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully they wouldn't. But. All right. So I'm going to ask you guys this. Let, let, let's break out this opening face-off segment about what's going on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll start with Rich because, Rich, you missed last episode. So we are so happy that you're back. Thank so you. So you get to start us Glad off here. Get to get the ball rolling for episode 182, Mr. Rich. Which team what which team has surprised you the most in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs here? Uh definitely the Maple Leafs. <laughs> oh, I did not see that coming actually. Oh yeah. Um I think so. Yeah. Like Tampa's just they're Tampa Bay. I mean, they're, they're champions. They're, they're amazing. They play well. They're rough. They're hard to play against. Uh, I really didn't think Toronto would be able to do what they've done so far. I know it's not over, but um, man, stealing two games from, from the jaws of victory or whatever, however that phrase goes from, from Tampa was just, it's been a great series and it's really fun to watch. Actually I've been uh, sick and I've, I started watching the last game. And uh, Maple Leafs were down four to one. And I was like, I'm going to bed. It's over. And I just happened to turn it back on and um, saw that they tied the game and then watched the rest of it. And they won in overtime. It was amazing. So um, that's been that's been yeah. fun to watch for sure. Um, I know how I know how fun it's been for you as a <laughs> well-noted Tampa Bay Lightning hater. And then, of course, I live down here. And Bolts territory. So it's yeah. like weird. I got to tell you guys, that was a really hard night the other night around in these parts. Oh, I bet. Oh, my gosh. You talk about the Lightning. They're I up bet. four to one. They're up four to one to tie the series two to two. And first of all, I got to tell you, everyone, Lightning fans are very realistic about the fact that this team is no longer a dynasty. I can't speak for every fan in the fan base, obviously. That's good. But I've I've come across paths and made friends with a lot of Lightning fans down here. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that a lot of them are very worried and very realistic about the fact that they're no longer a dynasty. Um, a, a berth in the Stanley Cup final this year is pretty, pretty far-fetched. Mm-hmm. This team has aged a lot. Andre Vasilevsky, for whatever reason, has not looked like the elite goaltender. No, he looks shit. Yes. Kyle, what are you thinking, man? What are you thinking about? Let, let, let's, let's let's unpack the one of the biggest series of the first round, and that is the Leafs and the Lightning. What are you seeing from this uh, series? Surprisingly violent. Oh, yeah. That I too. mean, it, that – that series, I wasn't expecting to see a lot of big hits or anything like that. But you have our old favorite Tanner Janot putting people on the bench and just who was the guy him. he bloodied up? Who was the guy he bloodied up on the oh, least? I don't even remember. I don't, I don't either, either. But it was, yeah. So I th- I think it was game two, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. But he was chirping at the Leafs bench mm-hmm. and it was yeah. a long it was the Braden Point hit oh, yes. yeah. which was a I don't think there was anything malicious necessarily about the hit I've seen way worse hits than that and I think it was more or less just who it happened to was mm-hmm. was why everyone got up in arms when you take down a star player like that 
That's how the National Hockey League works. When you For take sure. down one of our top guys, we are going to retaliate. Like, yeah. like, let's put Tanner Janot back on the Predators for a second. If you take out a Philip Forsberg, if you take out a Roman Yossi, Tanner Janot is going to be chirping at you, and he's probably going to drop the gloves with you on the next shift. So yeah. that's what he's doing for the Lightning right now. That's why the Lightning went and got him. A lot of the Lightning fans that I've made friends with already love him just like we loved him. Oh, that's, that's the mm-hmm. type of player he is. So that's really cool to see. Uh, the Lightning are up against the ropes right now. I mean, that's a backbreaker to lose that game when you're up mm-hmm. 4-1. You're in cruise control. You're kind of dominating that game, to be quite honest. And you just, you're just you looking at a 2-2 series, and then you just completely fall apart Yeah, in that game a, and let, let the Leafs come back. Yeah, there was another uh, – Amazing thing that happened that doesn't happen very often. Austin Matthews got in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First career campus. fighting, first yeah. career fighting major. Yeah. It was like, I've seen him push around and stuff, but I've never seen him get in an actual fight. And I don't, I don't think Stamkos gave him much of an option. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was just coming out. He didn't him. care. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was crazy though. Look, these two teams are. Definitely have become some of the biggest rivals in the Eastern Conference going back to the last year with the first round series. The oh, Leafs yeah. fans, Leafs Nation, they are so hungry to finally get a first round series win. And it looks like they're finally going to get it. But I will say the curse could live on. Let's see what happens tomorrow night. Let's see Thank if the lightning right. Let's see if the lightning can stretch the series out. I had the lightning in my bracket challenge to win in seven. That's looking like a pretty bad prediction on my part, but we'll see. I mean, it's been a close series. Even though it's three, one leaves, it's been a very close series. I think the X factor has been that Vasilevsky has not been nearly as dominant and it as much of an X factor as I expected him to be. So that's kind of what's shifted the whole series for me. Yeah. Absolutely. You never just never know what's going to happen. Like tonight, I just watched Boston lose. So they lost Ooh. in overtime. So, oh, that series is three to two now. Three to two you, now. You still yep. fully expect Boston to win that series. But here's what you got to look at, guys it's a battle of attrition when you're trying oh, to yeah. win a Stanley Cup. And the quicker you can take care of your first round series, the better. Mm-hmm. And so now that now you got the if you're a team like the Bruins, you got the Panthers. You got to play a game six against these guys. No disrespect to the Panthers, but now the the mighty Bruins who have set all these regular yep. season historical records, you got to go to game six in the first mm-hmm. round. Yep, those records you mean nothing. Don't like that. You don't like that. You don't like yeah. that. It was a uh, it was it was a uh, Linus Allmark's fault. He had a bad pass and. It got intercepted, and he was out of position. So, it was all on Linus. All right, guys. Guys, Kyle, I got to ask you about the Wild and the Stars, man. It's been my favorite series to watch. It's the one that's on the top of my radar, even more than Leafs and Bolts. It's it's uh, Stars and Wild for me, partially because they are our division rivals, so it gives you more interest as a Predators fan. But also, you got the North Stars, Dallas Stars connection there. There are there is some deep, deeply rooted 
That's right. Hatred between these two fan bases. Oh yeah. And I, so, I, so over the, I get to meet a lot of people. I work at a hotel down here in Florida, so I get to meet a lot of people. Met a guy over the weekend. He's rocking the sleeveless North Stars shirt. Wow. And so I just, anytime I see a hockey fan, I just like pick their brain if the opportunity presents itself. So I asked the guy, I'm like, I'm loving the North Star shirt. I'm like, how are you feeling about this series? And I literally, and I asked him, who are you pulling for? Did you follow the North Stars to Dallas and um, start cheering for the Dallas Stars? And every time I've ever asked a North Stars fan this, they, I don't think I've ever gotten a different answer. They always say, in very, very safe terms, because we're a family podcast. <laughs> screw the Dallas Stars, Minnesota <laughs> Wild all the way. I have not met, I have not met one Minnesota North Stars fan who followed the North Stars to Dallas and became a Stars fan. They are so bitter I about get it. losing their about losing their team to Dallas. They are so bitter. And we are seeing these two fan bases clash in this first round series. I get it. I totally get that. You backed a team for however many years they were there, and all of a sudden they pull up and go to Dallas. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like it either, for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that series has been back and forth quite a bit, and honestly, with the way things are looking right now. Uh, I think Minnesota pulls off their home game. Mm. I think they send it to seven games, but just general dislike for everybody on both of these teams. They just, yeah, it, it's rough. It is. It has been rough playoff hockey. That is for certain. Um, I agree. And it's one of the, so we we know the Minnesota Wild as being a very very elite, if not one of the best defensive teams in the league. Here's the problem with the Minnesota Wild right now: their superstars are not showing up on the offensive end. We kind of know how that feels as Predators fans. Yeah, uh, they get this past game they get shut out four nothing by the by the Dallas Stars. This has been a very defensive minded series. But in a weird way, because the Dallas Stars are not the old school Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars used to be considered that type of team. Very mm-hmm. defensive minded, poke check you, block you to death, great goaltending when they had Hudobin, when they had Ben Bishop for a little bit. Um, yeah, but now they've got Jake Ottinger, who I have been beating a drum for a couple years. Oh, I love that I'm dude, not, man. And I'm not saying I'm the, I'm the only one, but I've been saying this dude's got a Vesna trophy. He's in his future. I put him in the same class as UC Soros in that regard. Mm-hmm. So he showed out. He showed out this past game. But the Minnesota Wild, they got to start putting they're, – they're kind of running into the same problems we know about the Predators. They're not putting shots on goal. In this past yep. game, they had 25 shots. 27 shots on goal. They got too much offensive talent to be held 27 shots on goal. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's just crazy watching watching those two teams go at it because they are just like – like you said, the dislike is just growing and growing, and it's like – it's just – it's good hockey. It's just good games to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean – Love it. 
I mean, I, I mean, the focus is really on Kirill Kaprizov. You know, he is a superstar mm-hmm. in the making, right? If he's not already a superstar, the guy's got one, he's got one point in five games in this series. That's just insane when you think about it. He's been held off the score sheet in the last four games of this series. He scored a goal in game one. So, so he's uh, he's reverse Ryan Johansson. This is a problem. This is a problem for Minnesota. So Kyle, if your if your prediction comes true and the Wild are going to win Game Six, I'm sorry, they got to start getting some because they're not an overly offensive team, but they've got some guys that got to start stepping up here for sure. Yep. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. That's a great series. I had the Stars in seven, so. It had seven written all over it for me right when I saw the brackets revealed and I realized who was playing who in the first round. I'm like, these two teams are very closely niched to each other. So we will have to wait and see. That's one of the better series of the first round for sure. So that game is going to be – let's see. They play tomorrow night on tomorrow Thursday, night. or if you're listening today on the morning of the podcast release, they play tonight. Uh, let's see. The Panthers beat the Bruins on this Wednesday evening to make the series 3-2. to two. Ridiculous. Only 25 <laughs> shots on goal in that game. The Bruins yeah. put out 47 shots and only Oh, they were shooting. Lost. They were shooting for sure. I thought um, Marshawn had got it at the end of regular. Oh, I know. What, oh, yeah. He had a breakaway. That was amazing. I thought he was going to get it. but. And then the game we got currently going on right now as we record this podcast, uh, game five between the Kraken and the Avalanche. The series is tied 2-2, two to two, and it is a 0-0 zero, zero score with three minutes left in the first period. Uh, release the Kraken, everybody. Let's do it. Seattle let's, shooting. Let's make it happen. Seattle's jerseys are just so nice. And I I really love the fact that I I really love the fact that uh, Philip Grubauer is in net for Seattle, the the former Avs goaltender that got ran out of town Mm -hmm. because he was pretty awful for them. He was very inconsistent. So I'm not really blaming Avs for running him off. But what a what a sports story that could be if somehow Philip Grubauer puts the Kraken on his back and knocks out the defending champs, the team that cast him away. That would be those amazing. Are the story, those are the stories I sign up for right there as a yeah, sports fan. Absolutely. Have you they all also, watched? Oh, go ahead, Kyle, real quick. They also have uh, he, shall, he Who Shall Not Be Named. They do have He Who Shall Not Be Named. Oh, uh, you know what? Don't Screw that. It. I'm naming it. Uh, <laughs> Rich, you can just get over it. Um, it's going to start over it. <laughs> Ellie Tolvanen. Start all over. Just to make, well, we got to make all of our people happy. I mean, I'm sure they want to hear it so bad. They Maybe need an Ellie Tolvanen update. Ellie Tolvanen has two points in this series, but he hasn't registered a point in the last two games. Yep. There you go. There you have it. Ellie Tolvanen. He was okay. just on screen hitting a guy. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm very happy for him. I'd much rather see Ellie Tolvanen be playing for the Kraken than a lot of other teams. So let's just live with it. Yeah. Another uh, series that I'm surprised is carrying on as long as it has is the Carolina Islanders game uh, mm-hmm. series. Yeah, I thought I thought Carolina would just mop the ice up with those guys, but it's three two. Well, 
This I mean, speaks to the whole adage we always say, the whole motto, it's the hardest trophy in sports to win. They also yeah. don't have Sveshnikov. That's right. They don't. You, but you look at a team like the Islanders. I call the Islanders Preds East because they play a very similar style. They lean on great goaltending in Mm -hmm. uh, Sorokin. They don't give you a lot of offensive firepower. They snuck into the playoffs. They got to play the Hurricanes. We know how it feels to play the Hurricanes in the first round, although that was the the COVID year, but either way. That's all right. So they're down three to two. That's my Stanley Cup pick is the Carolina Hurricanes, so I don't want to lose my Stanley Cup pick in the first round. But – it was big, uh, prop, big props to the to the Islanders, yeah. though, because they are doing yeah. really well. It was funny. In the last game, uh, both of the Sebastian Ajos were in the penalty box at the same time. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's, that was, that was, that that was, was funny. Awesome. And then somebody somebody uh, put on Twitter something like, Sebastian Ajo will be the first-round winner in the series, <laughs> which is pretty good. I like I mean, that. that's – best way to cover your bases right Uh, there right absolutely but it's been it's been pretty rough too um carolina's sebastian ajo got hit in the mouth with the puck the other night um he was all bloodied and stitched up but came back out and played so that was pretty good but um Uh, who was it hyman off of uh edmonton uh scored one off of his face last night oh did he yep that's that's awesome I haven't watched any of the much of the West Coast stuff because it's on too late, man. I just can't. Yeah, <laughs> those games so come on nine thirty, man. It's, too it's, late. it's pretty. It's pretty cool that no one has been eliminated yet. Like it this is. deep in it, really is. Round. Like I mean, like no one's gonna be eliminated tonight, and then tomorrow night on the brink of elimination, you're gonna have the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Winnipeg Jets. Both of those teams will be playing to stay alive. So those are the games you love to watch, right there. Those are the games you love to watch because you have to win to stay alive. So tomorrow night we got two of those games. Tampa Lightning will be trying to extend their playoff run against the Maple Leafs, and the Winnipeg Jets will try to extend their playoff run against the Vegas Golden Knights. So they're down three one there. Um, that Tampa game is going to be uh, rough. Uh-huh. It is going. We to will be see bad. how it goes. We will see how it goes. All right, guys, let's move along here in episode 182 of Catfish and Ice presented by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network, this playoff-themed episode with looking into 2024 here and looking ahead. And let's focus this back on the National Predators here who could not extend their playoff streak this year, as we well know. They... uh, we're looking for their ninth consecutive year of making the playoffs. They did not make it. A lot of fans are not upset about that because they did what they wanted them to do at the trade deadline. For years. So I think that I think that they toyed with their emotions a little bit by hanging around the playoff race for as long as they did. I think that's what got everyone. Everyone expected the Preds to just like fade out after the trade deadline, especially when the injuries started piling up. We just expected, mm-hmm. okay, it's time to wave the white flag. It's over. They did a great nope. job. We love what the front office is doing. Barry Trotz is GM now. Let's look ahead to 2024. And then, lo and behold, these young guys, UC Soros and whatnot, they just kept pushing. They made it to game 80. 
before being eliminated. So, guys, do we think that this same type of effort can go into next season and then they will once again be on that playoff bubble? Let's go to Kyle first with this one. I really do think they could, but it's more of a question of uh, should they versus could they. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to come down to one man's decisions, and that's uh, Mr. Trotz and uh, what he decides to do. Does he decide to go try to get back into the playoffs next year, or does he try to you know, collect some more draft picks or – players or prospects or anything like that. If they don't go out and spend money to do it, I think it would be awesome if they made the playoffs next year. But if they go out and spend money to make the playoffs, I think it is an overall loss, honestly. Yeah, I I feel the same way. Um I don't want to see them get a good hot streak going and then push all in the trade deadline and try to make some kind of weird run that could possibly not work. Um, And just, you know, it just depends on what they're going to do this summer. Free agents. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but um, you want to get in there, but you don't want to rush things. So I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want any rash decisions, I guess. So we finally, we finally got the decisions in, uh, of the team. We got a new general manager. Everybody wanted that forever. We may or may not have a new coach. So let's not, yeah, let's don't do any, don't any th- do anything crazy to ruin all that stuff. So, well, I think the run that they made to close out this season come up three points short of tying the Winnipeg Jets in the standings. I know they didn't have the tiebreaker and all that, but um, that kind of makes these decisions for new GM Barry Trotz, all the more difficult. I agree. I mean, I think he's probably pretty pleased with what he's being handed over in terms of draft picks, but wow. He's got to look at these young players that played so well. He doesn't have room for all of them. Me and Kyle Mm -hmm. talked about it in episode 181. Yep. Got room for everybody. And there's one that really sticks out. And Rich, you weren't in the episode for this segment. So you're here now and we want to hear your thoughts on it. Because I really feel like it's one of those situations where everyone's in the house enjoying the party, you know, (laughs) having drinks, sharing recipes, doing all these things. And then you got Ryan Johansson sitting out on the porch and the door is locked. And he's, he's trying to open the door and obviously, hey guys. You left me outside. Can I come back in? Um, am I wrong on that? What do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it'd be another very tough decision if they decided to try to move him or whatever. He's a everybody loves Ryan Johansson, but this is a new a new era for the Nashville Predators. We got a new, like I said earlier, general manager. Going to have a new owner. I think things are going to be a little different now that they were in the past. Um, winning is going to be um, at the forefront of every decision. So, yeah, I don't know. I would hate so to see it happen, of, but I think it could. Out of, it could. Out of all of these younger players that played down the 
stretch in this lineup. A lot of them got playing time because of in, unforeseen injuries. It's mm-hmm. not like the coaching staff, and this is a big criticism on John Hines here, um, that a lot of people give John Hines for this reason. It's not like he chose to play a lot of these players. Injuries yeah. forced him to play a lot of these players. Mm, he so have. that's what that's what makes it really, really difficult to figure out what is an opening night lineup going to look like in October of this coming up year? What is it going to look like? Like, what out of all these really well-performing younger players, which ones are going to have to probably start in Milwaukee? I mean, I don't, Tommy Novak's on this roster, hands down. He better be. He should have been, he should have been last, <clears throat> last start of last season. I mean, that was a huge swing and a miss to not start him on the roster to begin with. Yep. So we'll go ahead and start with that. But um, I, I think of a player like Igor Afanasyev, who was mm-hmm. on the fringe of making the roster. We saw the behind-the-glass series that was so well done. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing him come to the office, and David Poyle said, oh, you're close. Like, basically, he told him, you're close. You're, you're going to be here soon. Yeah. But – the only reason Igorov and us have played NHL minutes this season was because there were a lot of injuries. Yep, so yep. he's the first younger player that I think of, of what's going to happen with Igorov and Asiev, who I thought looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. He didn't good. look bad. He didn't look bad. He was overshadowed a little bit um, by Luke Evangelista. <laughs> but yeah. he's another one. Is he going to get what he, he wouldn't have played? If everybody had been healthy, probably. I, and that's another one. Him up, but. That's another one. That's another one. Luke Evangelista, though, who obviously just completely oh, took off like a rocket. I mean, that dude yeah. was – I mean, his skating, I know he put up points. He scored some goals. I saw him live uh, when I went to the game in Florida, at Florida, mm-hmm. uh, right after the trade deadline. Or there was the first game before the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, or, the, or the last game before the trade deadline. I went down to – Sunrise, Florida, and saw the Preds play. And it was uh, one of Evangelista's first games in the NHL. And I saw it in person, how great this kid's skating is for mm-hmm. this age. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's undersized. He's going to take a lot of hits. And, I mean, that's just part of the game. I mean, yeah. if he's strong and he can handle it, he'll be fine. He knows how to draw penalties. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yep. So he has to use he has to use that to his advantage. His just because he's undersized doesn't mean he can't have a place in this league to be a star. So that's another one, guys. What I mean, yeah. do we do we riot if Luke Evangelis is not on the opening roster? I mean, God. I know it's 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 really hard. It's really hard. Guys are going to get healthy. Philip Forsberg, he's going to be healthy. Ryan Johansson is going to be healthy. Matt Duchesne went down late in the season, who I thought he was the one veteran. Well, Ryan Johansson and obviously Colton Sissons out of the Fords. We're just talking Fords here. Um, Ryan, uh, Matt Duchesne and Colton Sissons were the only two veterans left yep. over those last like 10, 15 games. And then Matt Duchesne went down. Mm-hmm. And that's when you were like, "How do we make it through this?" But um, those guys are going to be healthy. 
You got your Kiefer, Kiefer Sherwood get, gets re-signed. Michael McCarron gets re-signed. So it's going to be weird to figure out how they construct this lineup. I don't think anybody really knows exactly. No clue. Uh, not really. I, I, I wouldn't want to even hazard a guess. It's, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, Yeah, it's going to be tough. It will but be tough. when we – when we talk about can they compete for the playoffs next year and actually make, I don't think this is a full on rebuild. I don't. And a big reason I feel that way is because I saw how they played down the stretch and they weren't full strength and they still went toe to toe with some really, really good teams and won some of those games. I'll even go back to the season finale against the Colorado avalanche. They had nothing to play for, but pride, nothing Mm -hmm. to play for. And I cannot get over how hard that team played. And then Nathan McKinnon happened. Yeah. Boy, did he. Yeah. Nathan McFanos. He is in. <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, crazy. It's, it, it ended up, the season finale ended up being Nathan McKinnon three and the Predators two. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the, it wasn't the Avalanche three. It was Nathan mm-hmm. McKinnon three. So. You know, I feel like they can. I don't think they're just going to be. They're definitely not going back to some dark times where they're going to be irrelevant and they're not going to make. They're not going to make the playoffs for years on end. I do think the front office has to handle this offseason very, very carefully, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're at a crossroads here. You can't screw it up. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough thing to ask for a first-year general manager in the NHL, which is what Barry Trotz is. But how perfect. It's almost like you couldn't write it better in a Hollywood script. Barry Trotz's first NHL job, head coaching job, was with the National Predators. Now his first general manager job is with that same franchise. Yeah, That's pretty cool. It is cool. It's awesome. Um, I do think the pressure will be on, though, with the new owner and everything coming in. I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be way different than it was before. So there's a, people get attached to players, and we're like, oh, you know, he's going to be there next year. Maybe, maybe not. I just think it's it's going to be. It feels like it's it's turning from a little bit more of a a family thing to more of a business type thing, but that's kind of. Unfortunately, that's what you have to do if you want to win that cup. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For sure. All right. Before we move on to the next segment here, we're about to go back in time and look at some Preds history, Preds playoff history, and whatnot. Let's tell everyone about DraftKings. An awesome offer. We have a ho- offer for all of our new users and hockey fans, and I know we got plenty of hockey fans on right now. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. So right now, let's look at that Lightning and Leafs game right now. That is a very, very close series right now. Oh, yeah. We will pull up the odds on DraftKings. Uh, I didn't ask you, Rich. Do you think the Lightning are going to pull it together and win Force a Game 7? It seems like they probably will. They're they're champs. I mean, you can't count them out. I just – I think they're going to – 
they're going to get it together. And if if they don't win, if they don't win the whole thing, then I think they'll they'll at least put up a good fight. So, so right now, DraftKings has the Tampa Bay Lightning as a one and a half goal underdog. So they're favoring the to- Toronto Maple Leafs to win tomorrow night. You can jump on DraftKings Sportsbook and use our promo code THPN to bet on either team. Or you can pick any matchup you want. We've already talked about it earlier in the episode. Got some really good matchups coming up later this week. And with our promo code, you can have an awesome offer. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customer can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for offer details see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources all right guys so that's what you got right there if you're not on DraftKings in the middle of the playoffs we got our promo code THPN with instant bets that you can win free money I like money Everybody we likes all, money. We all like money. We all like money. All right, we got the we got the comments going here. Justin Gambino, our awesome friend, he says, "Yeah, I think Trotz mentioned Novak as earning a spot mm-hmm. already at the me." Yeah, I would hope so. For sure, I would Ooh. hope so. Played like a madman. <clears throat> And Mike Twitter's jumping in, our good friend. He says, Max Hertz just tweeted some cool pics and vids of hockey happenings at the Ford Ice Center today. Well, that's cool. Hockey is growing so much oh, in is. Nashville. <clears throat> it's such a cool thing to see. I really wish that hockey would, would have been growing when I was coming up in that <laughs> time frame. Uh, because, wow, it's cool what they're doing at the Ford Ice Center. And so that's cool to see those picks up and, and whatnot. So I wish, with that, I, wish, per, with, I was go just going to say, I wish I lived in a hockey town. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I wish I could drive a normal distance to go watch a game. For sure. Not two hours. <clears throat> are you but, are you guys closer to Columbus or Nashville? Uh, Rich Nashville. is probably mm. – Really? Mm-hmm. I think you put, might be closer to Columbus by a little, just a little I don't bit. Know. I'm south of Louisville, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe so it, I've, I, so I, I've been to Columbus. It feels like it's a longer drive, but uh, it might just be because you, I don't know. I'm just Nashville. So I, I got to tell you guys, I got to tell you guys. So hmm. I've got the whole bucket list thing. I want to go to every NHL arena uh, and see yeah. the Preds play. And uh, I just started this like three years ago. So I'm very early in this journey. But next year, I plan on knocking out a couple other arenas or whatnot. But, guys, I got to tell you, you're close to Columbus. I've been to – that's one of the arenas I have been to. That was actually the first arena when I started this that I went to. 
And I got to tell you, Nationwide Arena, I think that's the name of the arena, the Columbus Blue Jackets play. I believe so. It is a really underrated, nice arena. Is it? I've seen yes. the outside of it. Um, it's right downtown. I w- Columbus is nothing like Nashville in terms of like no. tons to do and stuff, but it's a nice city. The fans are cool. Like I remember, I think I've told this story on the podcast, but I'll tell it again real quick. When I went to that game, I walk into this like Irish pub style bar that's right by the entrance. I only had like 45 minutes to kill. And I walk in wearing my gold Preds Pecorine jersey and it's all dudes in business suits <laughs> and Columbus Blue Jackets jerseys. That's I, amazing. It's a crowded bar. I'm like trying to work my way up to the bar just to like order a beer. And <laughs> like, it's like, I thought like, oh my God, like this is bad. Like we're not even rivals here, but I'm, I feel like I'm getting the cold shoulder here. And then this guy walks up to me, buys me a drink and says, Hey, don't take anything the wrong way. Everyone thought you were wearing Michigan Wolverines jersey because you're you're in Ohio State territory. <clears throat> oh, that's funny. The Ohio State Buckeyes playing Columbus, and if you walk in wearing those same colors on football game day, you might Not get pretty. beat up in the parking lot. Yeah, <clears throat> it probably pretty. wouldn't go well. Once they found out I was wearing a press jersey, they were like, you're cool, man. We don't even care. We don't even care about you. That's awesome. But it was a great arena. It was fun. And um, I I do highly recommend going to a hockey game there. I've been to three now, so three different arenas. So, um, yeah, it's cool. So far, so far, uh, Bridgestone's my favorite, obviously. But Shocker. Yeah. That's awesome. So you get to Boston. No, I yeah, I mean we we did. It was it's nice. It's super nice, but man, it is crowded. It's crowded. Um everybody was cool. I mean, you know, we were all there to see Boston, but um and then the other one I went to was uh where the Capitals play, Capital One Arena. Oh, okay. I didn't, really like it. I didn't really yeah. care for that one all that much. It's kind of so yeah. so next season I plan on knocking out Carolina. I want to, I mean, going to Raleigh and seeing a Carolina game. And then I still haven't been to St. Louis either. So those are the two I'm going to try to knock out next year. Yeah. That's cool. That's on my, (laughs) that's on my agenda. Uh, Mike Twitter says podcast meetup in Columbus, Ohio next season. I'm down. We definitely need to have a podcast meetup. We've been saying we're going to be doing it for a while. We never do. It's just, it's really hard (laughs) to find, like, I mean, cause you, all three of us have different schedules. All of our listeners have different busy schedules. And we have to adhere to an NHL schedule. And mm-hmm. when you're talking about East Coast teams, you get one one day out of the calendar to make that game. Because the mm-hmm. Preds only play in Columbus once per year. So it makes it tough. It makes yeah. it tough. But we need yes. to have a podcast meetup, Mike Twitter. You're absolutely right. We're going to try to work on it. Uh, it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So we'll, we'll try to figure that out next, for next season for sure. All right, guys. With that said, let's look back at Preds playoff history. First of all, uh, Rich, I know that you've said in the past that you didn't start really watching the team until what, 2000? It would have been the year they lost to Dallas. Ugh. Um, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That so was, you started – you, you literally <laughs> – 
halfway through halfway through the season, that's when I started watching and through the through the playoffs. And that's it's when they when they lost to, to Dallas. Yeah. So you literally started watching the Predators when the train was starting to go off the track. Go down the hill. Yep. Nope. Oh my yep. gosh. Yeah. And it hasn't been hasn't been pretty since, but well, I can promise you. And I'll defend you on this. No, when the Preds do win a Stanley Cup and you're all over social media celebrating it, yep. if anyone tries to call you a bandwagoner, I will defend you 100%. Because no you started Absolutely. cheering for them when the team started going downhill. So yep. I commend you for that, good sir. Yep. Kyle, when did you start really <clears throat> getting into the Preds and following them? And like, I think I watched some of that Dallas series. Oh Actually, my gosh, guys! Both you guys. So you started right at the same time. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. Uh, I think I ended up nope. watching some of that Dallas series, and it just. I think that's why I've lost all my hair more. More so that I think I've caught up to Rich for that reason. Yeah, because I've been following this team since. Uh, so I will say, when they were an expansion team, I mean, I was ten years old to give you my age. So yeah, yeah I wasn't like watching them closely the expansion season. But I do remember when they went to the playoffs for the first time. And that was kind of like when I first started watching hockey and when they played the Red Wings, the Dynasty Red Wings, and they lost in six games or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I've kind of like, I followed them from afar since then. And then I really, really started taking like a vested interest in them. Really kind of when I think my break... I think kind of my launching point when I really started getting into the Predators was when Jordan Tutu joined the team. Mm. That was when I really became like diehard. Like I want to watch every game they play and I want to like really learn how hockey really works and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was like the blue collar days of the Nashville Predators. The blue collar day. I mean, they didn't have any superstars really. They had Paul Korea. That was like their first big superstar that they signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but those were the days when they started building the team. And I know David Poyle has so many haters, but you have to back up for a second and look at what he did. Look at what he built this franchise from. And yes, he never won a Stanley Cup. And he deserves criticism for that. But the team made the playoffs 15 out of 24 seasons of existence. Pretty strong. I mean, and coming back, coming back to the early expansion days, it's not like it is now with this, yeah. with the expansion draft and stuff. Yeah, they made the they made the playoffs after their first five seasons. Yeah. That, that was pretty unheard of at those times for an expansion team to make the playoffs that quick. I would say the only other team that kind of broke that mold was the early days of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They mm, won a Stanley yeah. Cup in the early 2000s, and they were an expansion team in the early 90s. So they won a yeah. cup relatively quick. But other than that, you've got a lot of expansion teams that still haven't won a cup. The Minnesota Wild have never won a Stanley Cup. Columbus Blue Jackets mm-hmm. have, haven't won a Stanley Cup. The San Jose Sharks have never won a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. So it's a hard trophy to win, everybody. That's all I'm trying to say. The hardest. It's definitely the hardest one for sure. And now, like expansion teams, you know, if you don't make it your first or second year, you know, everybody's freaking out. So 
Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I've got some of my most memorable playoff performances in Preds history. Individual performances. Individual. Just one game. I'm not talking about the whole playoffs or anything like that. Just that one game. Some of my most personal memories. My first one, I'm going to go to the most obvious for me. It's the one that I remember the most. And it is the triple overtime game in 2016. Who remember? I you guys weren't watching the team yet, but I can tell you guys, and I know a lot of Preds fans remember this. Triple overtime, and it was over halfway through the third overtime, guys, against the San Jose Sharks, a team that completely owned the Predators in their early years of making the playoffs. Yep. I mean, this team was the thorn in the side of this franchise in terms of making it past the first round. And so this, in 2016, they had they were in the second round, heavy to underdogs as that was the norm. If you're in the Predators and you're in the playoffs, you're going to be the underdog in every series. And they make it to a triple overtime in game four, and Mike Fisher stores the game winner. Fish. Triple overtime. So there it is. That was one of the most memorable games I can ever remember. Uh, we're going to list some other ones here that are also more, mem- maybe more memorable. Also, if you're watching live on YouTube, jump in. Give us your most memorable moments in Preds playoff history. But Mike Fisher Ooh. finally scores the game winner. I remember watching this game at my house with my roommate who was not a hockey fan he was an mma guy so he was a he was an mma fighter and he liked hockey he loved the violence of the sport but he didn't really understand the rules he didn't know he couldn't name one player yeah but me and him are watching this game late into the night i'm talking like past midnight oh yeah just watching this game and my buddy, who knows nothing about hockey, is getting into it. Like, he is into it. He's awesome. getting excited. He's asking me all these questions. Why did this happen? Why did they call a penalty on this? Why did the guy fire the puck down in the whistle blue? He's asking me all, and I'm trying to explain it to him on the fly. And this game keeps going. It goes through the first overtime. It goes through the second overtime. I'm and he's he keeps asking me when is this game going to end? Like, and I'm like, when the next goal is scored is when this game's gonna end. (laughs) And this guy, I'm watching this guy become a hockey fan before my eyes. He knew nothing about hockey and he became a hockey fan. Finally, Mike Fisher scores the game winner, one of the most memorable games in Preds history. Mr. Underwood scores the game winner, (laughs) Mr. Underwood. So there you have it. That's my most memorable right there. What do you guys think? Do you think Mike Fisher should be considered one of the great predators of all time? Do you think that's fair? I think you kind of have to. I mean, let's take out Carrie Underwood. It has nothing to do with Carrie Underwood. <laughs> nothing to do with her. No, yeah, I mean, it has nothing to do with her. Everybody loves him. Then he played well. So, I mean, yeah, I think he's probably one of the greats. 
Is he Pecorino? He was also he was also one of the better outside players that the Predators ever picked up. Like he yeah. wasn't homegrown. Mm-hmm. He had already established a really great NHL career with the Ottawa Senators. And then he came to Nashville. So yep. I think that it, he definitely deserves to be yep. in a lore of Predators history for sure. They're going to give you my statue? No. No, no, no statue for my history. You need to stop. I bet All they'll right, give one to Roman Yossi, though. It wouldn't here's surprise an me. Easy one. Here's an easy one. Here's an easy one, guys. How about... Let's go to 2017. I mean, if you're talking about all-time great performances in Preds history, let's go to 2017. And when the Preds took down the evil empire. Anyone remember that image? Look at all that red in the background. That just makes me sick. (laughs) Chad Mitten, noted Blackhawks hater. <laughs> so that was when we ended the Blackhawks right there. I don't think they've recovered. We're six years later, and they still have not recovered from that. No. That was the death of hope right there. That was. I mean, do we – until the Blackhawks actually do something relevant in this league, we own them. Yeah. We do. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, yeah, they got the Stanley Cups. I'll give them that. They've been around a hell of a lot longer. They should so have more. I, I always throw that back at the Blackhawks fans when they when they chirp about Stanley Cups. I'm like, yeah. okay, how long have you been around? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But well, they got like three. It's three, isn't it? Five. We maybe. essentially ended you guys. I mean, like, we, yeah. Like, you guys haven't recovered. It's been six years now. How long do you need for a rebuild for crying out loud? With how long they've been around, they should have more cups than they do for sure. Oh yeah. So so this this particular image really spotlights Pecorine. And the reason why I'm including this image is because Pecorine shut out the Blackhawks in games one and two of that series. Fifty nine saves in games one and two. On the road against what was at that time still a dynasty. Pex. You can't pick a bigger underdog in the first round than the Predators were in that series. First of all, those road unis are sick for the Predators. I wish they'd go back to those. Mm-hmm. You see Pekka stretching out. You see my boy Colton Sissons stick checking. You see our long lost Ryan Ellis. Yeah, in the image there. That, that was. <laughs> that so the reason back? why He's the reason back. why I'm really spotlighting this is because of Game Two in that series, guys. So Game One, the Predators won the game one nothing. Victor Arvidsson scored a goal in like the first minute, I think, of the game. It was like a quick goal. I remember where I was. I was at a sports bar watching it. There was Blackhawks fans everywhere. And the predator and Victor Arvidsson scored like this. It was kind of a fluke goal in a way, and we were up one nothing. And I remember all the Blackhawks fans laughing, thinking, "Oh, okay, like yeah, you get you get your goal, congratulations." <laughs> and the Predators won that game one nothing. Game two, 
I never felt more nervous going into a game as a fan because I just felt like the Blackhawks were going to unleash their anger and their rage on the underdog Predators and just run us out of the building. It was game two. It was like, okay, you stole game one. It was a fluke. We're going to really punish you in game two. And the Predators won that game 5 nothing to go 2-0 on the road. And the Blackhawks playoff slogan that year was quote unquote one goal. <laughs> yeah. And they couldn't even score one. We couldn't even score one. <laughs> couldn't even score one. That's amazing. That was a horrible play. That's probably the worst playoff slogan of all time. One goal. And he didn't that even dude, score one. That dude got fired. Whoever came up with that. They're like, you're fired. Yeah. So that that's one of my best playoff performances of all time. Like I mean, like, and I think UC Soros is capable of doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Absolutely. That's why whenever we now current times, whenever we think about the Predators in the playoffs, we think, oh, UC Soros could do something like that. Absolutely. So let's move on here with another good one. I think Kyle's internet dropped. Those damn internets. Not all right. The interwebs. All right. Oh, where's Johnny when we need him, first of all? Oh, no. Johnny oh, is the president. right up his alley. Okay, so here's – let's go back. Let's go back. I'm about to share it on the screen. Let's go back to a really forgotten national predator. <laughs> forgotten national predator. First I of all, I'm going to ask you – I'm going to ask you, oh, so I can't even do a press trivia with you because you already read it. I I saw it in your article. I was like, who is that? (laughs) So second round pick from 2007 for any hints. If you want to guess right now, if you're listening live or if you're listening the next day, maybe before we share this, you can guess along, test your Preds historian fandom. Who scored two goals and the game-clinching series winner that won the first playoff series for the Predators. 2011, everybody. Mike Twitter said Freddie Goodrow. <laughs> it is this man right here. Nick Spalling. Yeah. Nick Spalling. How much that, is that jersey worth? He scored two goals to beat the Anaheim Ducks in that game in 2011. Here's a really cool nugget here, Rich. I know you like good nuggets here. What? So, Nick Spalling would only score three goals in his NHL playoff career. Two of them came in this game. That's awesome. The other playoff goal he scored was with the Pittsburgh Penguins later in his career. There you go. So I gotta, I gotta pick this one, I, guys. I gotta be, pick this one as one of my most memorable playoff moments. One, because it was the first playoff series win for this franchise, and that's two, good. and two because it came from the most unlikely hero. There you go. Yeah, um, that's a deep cut trivia question, right there. Johnny would get it. Oh, I bet Johnny he would. would he probably knew it. He's probably like, oh, that's easy. <laughs> but that was pretty cool. First playoff yeah. series win. After five tries, 
they finally made it past the first round. And that was when they ran into the San Jose Sharks every year. Yep. Which is why, even to this day, longtime Preds fans, if you're a new Preds fan, you probably don't understand why mm-hmm. the old school Preds fans don't like the San Jose Sharks. It's because of that. Because yeah. the early the early years of making the playoffs, the Preds could not get past the San Jose Sharks. Yep. Joe Thornton was on those San Jose Sharks teams. Yeah. Oh, Joe yeah. Thornton was like Joe Thornton was like in his mid twenties at that point. Yeah. Now he looks now he looks like he's Noah's Ark. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he's only like thirty nine or forty. <laughs> Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski. Was a, a young Joe Pavelski yeah. was on those right. San Jose Sharks team. Patrick yeah. Mar- Marlowe scored seven goals in a series against the Nashville Predators. Patrick yep. Marlowe, future San, Hall of Famer. San Jose used to be a... And they've still never won a Stanley Cup either. Still never won. And now they're probably the worst team in the league. If you make me pick who is the worst team in the league right now, Probably I would have to say it's the San Jose Sharks, unfortunately. Yeah. But those were some good years. All right. Here yeah. is my final most memorable. This is a good one. I mean, guys, come on. I had to this save the like best. The best, the best one, I probably. To, I had to save the best for last <clears> year. Let me find it. Oh, no. I'm going to have to find it. Let me pull it up. Okay. It's a good one. Before I get to that, Rich, before I get to that, I need, Rich, before I get to it, I got it right here. Do you, how do you feel about John Hines' playoff record with the Preds? Do you think it's on him or do you think that a lot of outside factors should be taken into effect? I think a lot of outside factors should be, I mean, this is his first really full season. This was his first full season, pretty much. Um, COVID happened. Um, all of the all the majority of the money spent on the team was injured. <laughs> I mean, this season. Um, I mean, I, I give him props. I don't know if he's going mean, to be next year, but. I still his give playoff, props. I don't care. I mean, his playoff record is three and eleven. That's the that's the issue. Not here great. It's not great with the Predators. I mean, I the one I can't forget about is again as in that COVID bubble against the Coyotes. Yeah, they should have. Which they, uh, I mean, a lot of people argue that shouldn't even count as the playoffs. No, no, it does on on paper. On but, paper, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was. It was such a weird time, and I don't know. It just—I think they were—he was trying to turn the team into a different, another direction, and some of the guys just weren't fitting into the direction of the team, and they just—I don't know—just just just didn't work out. But it seems like he's the the team has changed over the years since he's been there. Like they were fast, and then they were hard hitting, and then they—you know—they went back to trying to be fast and. I don't know. It just seems like you need to pick a path and stick with it. But um. All right, so here it is. Here's the GOAT of all playoff moments in it Preds is. history. This is it. The Hattie. There you have it. Colton Sisson's hat trick against the Anaheim Ducks in game six at home 
2017. I remember exactly where I was watching that game. I was at Fleet Street Pub in Printer's Alley in downtown Nashville. A lot of our national listeners know all about Fleet Street Pub. It is a British underground pub. You feel like you're in a real British authentic pub. Like it's like one of the best ever. And we were watching that game. I was watching that game with some friends. We were locked in. And Colton Sissons just was the whole team was heroic. It wasn't just Colton Sissons, but Colton Sissons had a hat trick in this game. The way this game unfolded for people who may have forgotten, the Predators jumped out to nothing in the game in the first period. Sissons had one of those goals. And then, as you would expect, the Ducks made a furious comeback. In the third period, they scored two goals in a span of four minutes to tie the game. And you're thinking, in that moment, as a Predators fan, we do not want to go back to Anaheim for a Game 7. No. Like, it, I felt like it would be over if we went back to no. Anaheim for Game 7. Like, that was not an option that was on the table for me. I think the Predators would have lost if it went back to Anaheim. And Colton Sissons scores. You can look it up on YouTube. All you got to do is type in Colton Sissons, game winner, Ducks. It'll pop right up. Don't don't type one in of the, Sissons scored, though. Don't type that one in. Of the, <laughs> you'll get a different result. You I'll won't get like that, that I'll one. Get that, I'll get to that in a second. You won't like that it one. It was one of the most beautiful playoff goals in franchise history for the Predators. And I would be very, very wrong to not bring up who set him up for that goal. It was Callie Yarncroke. I miss him. A a beautiful setup pass across the slot for a waiting stick that was Colton Sissons. And that's what you see in that image right there. To beat yep. the Ducks. And the Ducks were such a hated team for the Preds fan base. Wow. I mean, Ryan Kessler, Ryan Getzloff. I mean, Corey Perry. I mean, that team, that's where the Corey Perry image was born, where he's putting his, sinking his head into the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that is the peak of Nashville Predators history right there. Yeah. That goal. By Colton Sissons. And even though he never really evolved into a big-time goal scorer, I am the biggest Colton Sissons stand you will find around oh, here. me too. Everyone knows that. Oh, me too. I, I, I think he, he – it was Callie Yarncroft when he was there, and now he's replaced Callie, so. Yeah. Yep. So, he has still become a really important part of this team. He still is to this day. He's he played valuable minutes down the stretch of this season. So yeah. and he's gonna be a big part of next season, too. Mm-hmm. So at a very cheap price. I mean, I know he signed fair. a he signed a very, very long term deal, like he signed for a long time. Until they run uh he'll be a free agent in the 26, 27 season. But he's below a three million per year player. Yep. Two point eight six. Yeah, that's so, a value. I mean, that's a value for what, for what he what does. You get. Yeah, for what you get, it's total value. Absolutely. 
I think yeah, we forget one, about that. So one of my favorites. That I think you have to make that your top individual playoff performances in Preds playoff history is Colton Sissons getting the um getting the hat trick. And then you brought up Sissons, the hashtag Sissons <laughs> scored. That was in game six against the Pittsburgh Penguins, the following series at home in a very tightly knit close game. Mm-hmm. The Penguins ended up scoring the game winning goal like with a minute left on a fluky puck that bounced off the backboards and fooled Pecorine. Patrick Hornfist scored the goal, former Predator. I mean, it, it can't be any more of a heartbreak for a Predators fan. Another instance in Predators history where I remember exactly where I was. Um, but Colt Sisson scored, and who knows what would have happened if it would have went to game seven. Yeah. The Predators and the Penguins are kind of intertwined. It's like both of them missed the playoffs this year. Both of them are rebuilding a little bit. It's crazy. The great Cali. We forget about Cali Yarncroak a little bit, I feel like. He he is actually playing really well in Toronto. I will he give is. him props. He's he's, he's like a a guy he, he's doing the exact same thing he did in Nashville. Why don't we get Cali Yarncroak daily updates like we do um <laughs> Ellie Tolvin in daily updates? I don't know. Justin Gambino says Fleet Street is amazing. Yes. Anyone going to Nashville, you got to check out Fleet Street Pub in Printer's Alley. Such an awesome place. I went to the pub in the Gulch, but that's a chain. That's probably not. Yeah, that's a chain. No, Fleet Street Pub's way better. Mike Twitter. First thing that comes to mind for me is the 2020 bubble, which I know many don't count our appearance as a playoff run, but but Forsberg tied a game in final seconds, but then we lost in overtime. That, yeah. I forgot about that. Forsberg mm-hmm. did tie it in the final yep. seconds. Yep. That hurt. Well, I remember that, another memorable <clears throat> one was uh, when they played Carolina in the first round. Um, how, you know, they just kept, Coming back and coming back and winning. Oh, are you talking about? Oh, are, are you talking about Matthew Shane's game winner in overtime? Uh, well, didn't Luke Luke Cunning had one in one of those games? I believe. Remember, he like he hit, no he Luke Cunning had a good series. Yeah, he had to hit the game winner and then like jumped into the glass, like dove, and they were all happy. Oh and, yeah, but <clears> I know <throat> Matthew Matthew Shane scored the game winner. I want to say in game four. Okay, to, to tie the series. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, that was a, that was a good that was a good series. Um, everybody thought that Carolina would just walk all over them, and they did not. So, let's see. I can't remember. It's always, it's always fun going back to history. Let's see. I, I know that Matt Shane definitely scored a game winner against the Hurricanes that year He's a, in the playoffs, and it tied it. It tied the series. It it tied the series at two to two. Okay. The um um these COVID years, man. They just it's like you can't remember. Yeah, what yeah. The pre- the the Predators won both games at home in double overtime. Yes, that's what it was. Yep. And I think it was game. No, all right. So we're me and you were all right. So game four was Luke Cunning's game winner. Okay. And I think it was 
game three that Matt Duchesne wanted in double overtime. Okay. Yeah. There you have it. Right. Yeah. It was so, the 2021 20, season. Yep. You had game winners yep. from Matt Duchesne and Luke Cunning in double overtime in games three and four. Yep. I remember that series. I I remember coming out of that series as a fan, not feeling upset that they lost necessarily. I was yeah. upset at, at the Hurricane social media. Oh my gosh, me too. They were yeah. so they oh, were. I could horrible. not deal with them. I couldn't they were either. Awful. It was horrible. It's like yeah, sore winners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even about the fact that the Hurricanes knocked them out. I mean, I expected that they were the better mm-hmm. team. But yeah, that was yeah. I do remember that series. That was Matt Duchesne stepped up though. That was the that mm-hmm. was the series when the Matt Duchesne sitting on the bench by himself was born. Yes, that's remember right. Those yeah. images, I do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's like he, what just, he, he would just sit on the bench by himself before a game. He looked like he was mm-hmm. just like a yep. warrior about to go to battle. Yep. Yep. He, and he, he was getting he was getting so much criticism at that time too. Hmm. So, yeah, that was a good. That was good. That was fun. A lot of memorable playoff moments. If you got any, please share us. Share it with us if you're watching live right now, or if you're listening the following day. Hit us up on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook at Catfish Ice. We would love to hear some of your most memorable playoff moments in Predators history. Absolutely. Let's wrap up episode 182. Looking at the free agency market. I'm going to share a little spot on the screen of just the top free agents right now that are going into the offseason. And we are going to just look at some of them and think it's pretty small right there. But it's a list from Cat Friendly there. Just the top free agents. First of all, Rich, I got to ask you, if the Predators are going to shop for a free agent, what position do you think we should be even looking at uh, a winger who can score a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. And that's what everybody wants, right? And I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not seeing much on the good old that free are, agent market. You're, there, you're not seeing much that are realistic. That's true. So. What I'm seeing in this free agency market for 2023 is a lot of aging free agents. You're right about that. Expensive, risky free agents that are over the age of 30 Mm -hmm. is what I'm seeing. And that scares me. I don't. It's hockey. So obviously you're not old if you're over 30. But in Mm -hmm. hockey terms, if you're over 30... You're getting kind of old. You're on the you're on the down slide, unfortunately. Yes. And so that scares me, especially for a team like the Predators. That scares me a little bit. So you're looking at somebody. You see Patrick Kane. He's going to be a free agent. Uh, the Rangers were clearly all in. That's why they went and got Patrick Kane. We'll see if they retain him through the offseason. But they're clearly all in to win a cup this year. That's why they went out and got Patrick Kane. Yep. Vladimir Tarasenko. Also went to the Rangers. I don't think it's clear cut that he stays with the Rangers. He could be a rental. Could be. Yeah. So I could see Tarasenko on the move. Ryan O'Reilly, another player that's over 30. He's playing for Toronto right now. He'll be a free agent. 
I don't think the Predators are in the market for centers. They have plenty of centers to, yeah. to look at. If they're trying to get anybody, they're looking for a, a winger, like Rich just said. Going down the list, you got Jamie Van Riemsdyk. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Okay. Alex Dabrinkit. Now that's going to. I like that. Uh, he's going to get a lot. He might be one of the most prized free agents this summer. I think you might be right. But here's the deal. He has not been as good as advertised for the Senators. He is yeah, not. But true. he's still so young and he's still so talented. Mm-hmm. His ceiling is so high. He's going to get uh, a lot of looks. Mike Twitter said, give me Matt Dumba. Jesper Brat. Brat. Oh, I like that. Good. Wait a minute. Jesper Brat. Yes. Brat as well. Yes, yeah, that's I'll what take, I'm all about. Give me, I'll take that. Yep. I'll be all right with that. He is the out of this entire list. Yes, for Brad is the one that I am. I think the devils keep him, though. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know how I would feel about I don't that think they're gonna let him go. They're not gonna really, let him go. Wait, really my Twitter, my Twitter, you're up in those part. You're my Twitter's up in those parts with the New Jersey Devils. He lives in that part of town. Oh, so, yeah, right. Mike like, Twitter, if you can drop it. Mike Twitter, if you can drop it in the comments, tell us what. Do you, I think the Devils are going to keep, uh, keep him. Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose him. Personally. Yeah. He says his cousin is a Devils fan. So yeah. <laughs> um loves other other guys I'm looking at here just on the quick. I mean, what about Patrick Hornfist, guys? Let's just have a Preds reunion. We'll bring back Patrick Hornfist. Age 36 and all. We'll bring him back. Right, there are a, a lot of older older players. That's crazy. Right. If you go further and further down the list, Matt Dumba. I don't know if we need a defenseman though. That's the problem. Like, okay. I don't think we're really in a position. If you want to, got T- Timo Meyer is going to be a free agent. He's twenty six. He's a left wing, right wing. Yeah, you got to spend some money to get a player like him though. I think they're going to spend a lot of money. Jersey's going to probably offer him quite a bit. I would say. Okay, I got a good one here. If we're really going to dig deep here and look at these free agents, JT Comfer. For the Colorado Avalanche. Oh. Yeah, that, that would be good. He be is right the, hey, JT Comfer is a player. He's 28. He is a 52-point scorer. I'm not saying he would be a 50-plus point scorer for the Preds because the Avalanche obviously have way more playmakers around him to pile up those points. But he is a player that I'm not so sure the, the Avalanche will be able to keep him. Yeah, JT Comfer, keep him on your radar, everybody. If you're looking at low, if you're looking at low key free agents out there that aren't going to break the bank, mm-hmm. JT Comfer. I would He's definitely versatile. Be all right he, with he can that. play. He can play center. He can play right wing. He's only 28. He's not a completely recycled veteran, and. I, I know we are all on this youth movement, movement, guys, but that doesn't mean we can't dabble in a couple of veterans oh, here yeah, and there. For sure. You know what yeah. I mean? I really hope that um, 
speaking of veterans, I hope that Tyson Berry can hang around. I like I like him. He's a, he's a good veteran. But yeah, you can definitely. It doesn't have to be all young guys. Get some, no, it doesn't. So I think that Barry Trotz is probably going to add one free agent over the offseason. Mm-hmm. One. And it's going to be a very low-key move. But oh, I do really? think he's going to add somebody. I think he's going to put his stamp on this offseason and add somebody. He's got some cap room. He doesn't have a ton, but he has some cap room. So we'll have saying- to wait. He's got money to spend. He's got money to spend. Even when he re-signs Glass and Carrier, which we fully expect he'll do, there's going to be money to be spent for at Mm -hmm. least one free agent. So you don't think it'll be like a big-name person? It'll be like a a mid-point type Kind of the guys we just named. Yeah. I mean, a JT Comfer or Mm -hmm. a a Jesper Bratt or – yeah, I mean, if he wants to, he Trotz might not want to do that. He might be totally fine with going forward with what he already has, and that'll be totally fine. Yeah. But I'm just saying, he already said in his press conference um, last week, one of the prevailing things he said that stuck out to me was fast. I want to get faster. You have to. Everybody's fast, it feels like. He wants to blend this roster with youth and veterans. Mm-hmm. We'll see, man. We'll yeah. see. I don't know. I, mean, I think he's going to add one. I don't think he's going to be totally like heavy on it and make all these crazy waves, but I think he's going to make a yeah. mid-level free agency signing that will be in the starting lineup. I think Igor Afanasiev probably starts in Milwaukee next year. I agree. He's still very much a heavy part of the future, but I think he starts back in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Luke Evangelista is a player that I would love. To, I think he should start, but we'll have to wait and see what happens with him. Yeah. Kiefer Sherwood, Michael McCarron, those are all your bubble players. Mm-hmm. And that we'll have to wait and see what kind of free agency signings happen. Yeah. Yeah, and and like <clears throat> if like if a Luke Evangelista does start you know, how many minutes are you going to give him? It'll be on the fourth line, third line probably. So is he the type of player that's okay with that and doesn't, you know, don't want to ruin his development or anything? So I don't know. Once Philip Forsberg is back, once Matt Duchesne is back, once Ryan Johansson is back, you've already got Yusuf Parson. He is Mm -hmm. definitely going to be in the starting lineup next year. Tommy Novak's going to be in the starting lineup. Cody Glass will be in the starting lineup. Yep. It's Luke Evangelista. It's Igor Afanasyev. Those are two guys you really have to figure mm-hmm. out where they're going to be, where they start off at. Yep. That all hinges on what happens in free agency, of course. Yep. So we'll have to wait and see what we'll Barry see. Trotz – we'll have to see if he has the long game in mind or if he wants to get right back into playoff contention right yep. away. We'll see. Hopefully it'll all be right. a, make some good moves. We will be here for it. We we are going to be here all offseason. We'll have another episode next week for everyone. We hope y'all are all enjoying the Stanley Cup playoffs as we are, even though the National Predators are not in it. It's okay. Okay. It's okay to sit on the sidelines for one year. We'll be back next year. Until then, everybody, we will see you next week for a brand new episode. This has been Catfish on Ice Podcast. 
presented by DraftKings, promo code THPN, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network with Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.